Hey everyone, Quincy here. Wanted to say thank you for catching this replay of the hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro show on your audio platform of choice. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also learn more and enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and enjoy today's episode. What up, Paulo? Tyson, Cooper, Chinese Daddy, and one other. I didn't see who the other one was. What up, guys? Welcome to the live. Start letting a couple of you guys join in here. Tim Mochalo. What up? What's going on? Jordan, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Let's see what we got here. Pin that comment. Guys, can you guys give me thumbs up if you can hear me and everything's looking all right? Sounding good? We're good to go over here. Kevin, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, give me some thumbs up. Let me know where you're calling in from. Dominican, what's going on? Where are you guys joining in from on the live? Connor Wright, welcome to the live. 8.Nunez10, what up? Kevin, Kevin, what up, Chinese daddy? Like that, uh, let's go, Timmy. Take a gap year to get more exposure to bigger colleges. Should I go to JC? Timmy, I'll, I'll come back and answer that one. I'll answer that in a minute once other, these other uh, couple people join in. But yo, what up, guys? Thanks for joining the call. You know what it is. It is the Ask a Soccer Pro Show. I'm your host, 10-year, well, actually, 11-year, in eleven in year 11 of my professional soccer career, um, professional soccer player, Quincy Maraqua. As you guys know, I just recently signed with DC United, and it is my 11th, my 11th year. So, what episode are we on right now? Episode, let me think, pull this over, my computer out. Watching, was watching a little bit of this Atlanta United game, uh, this Champions League game. But we are so welcome to Ask a Soccer Pro Show episode. Uh, let me see what episode we are at, we're on, guys. I've been all over the place, all over the place. Episode thirteen. Did we get episode thirteen? Episode fourteen. That's right. Welcome to the Ask a Soccer Pro Show episode fourteen. Glad to have you guys here. You know what it is. The Ask a Soccer Pro show. We go deep into the MSL. I know you guys know I play Major League Soccer, but on this show we talk about the MSL, the Mental Strength League. Because you may, I think a lot of you guys are aware now, you're part of this game called the Mental Strength League, and you're either a conscious or an unconscious participant. And what we talk about on this show is how to develop and build your mental strength to improve your personal self-confidence on and off the soccer field so we can accomplish all of our goals in life. And have a great community of individuals and people to do it along the way. Jeffrey Moody, welcome to the call. DXM, happy to have you. Mario Pineda, 55, welcome. F-I-K-Y-O-M-I-L-A-B-O-D-E, welcome. Fernandez, what's going on? Uh, Soccer.HighSchool joined, what up? Welcome to the call. So, like I said, guys, you know what it is. Mental Strength League, Ask a Soccer Pro Show. We talk about a lot of different things, or I talk about a lot of different things here. Go off on some random tangents. Well, not necessarily random. Just, you know, we develop these ideas. And I like to share with you a lot of the life lessons and philosophies I've learned over the course of my 10-year professional soccer career. 11-year. I keep forgetting. Still going. We're still doing it. So, if you have any questions at all about life, soccer, uh, your specific situation, ideas that you have, things that you're thinking about, things that you would like to accomplish, achieve, or you're struggling with, or, you know, whatever, go ahead and drop them in the comments below. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Soccer.ice. So let's jump into it. And this is, uh, there you go. 
This is the first question like this on the live. Soccer.hs asks, can I have your views on masturbation on masturbation and the effect on a soccer player? So I think uh, there's a lot of varying like research and stuff that goes into that. There's there's the people who there's a side, or at least from my understanding, there's a side that believes that not masturbating and allowing that to like build up over time increases your testosterone levels, which gives you a better uh, better serves you in whatever that you're doing. I know like boxers spend a lot of time going, getting into that. I even, I forgot which boxer would like drink his own pee cause he thought it, he would capture all the nutrients that he was losing from his diet, which was interesting. I don't know. I mean, speaking to mental strength, I think the most important thing when it comes to all that stuff is the placebo effect. If you believe it helps you or it works for you, uh, it probably does. Um, and if you believe it doesn't help or work for you, it probably doesn't. And I think it's more because of on a subconscious level, you're actively seeking things out that uh, align with that align with creating the truth that you've already determined to be your reality. So to explain that from like another angle, it really be that's a I guess more convoluted way of just saying you you find what you're looking for. So. If you choose to believe that the information that you received is true, you're going to seek more things in life that validate that belief system. And we talk a lot about that here on the show, but we try we try our best to create philosophies and ideologies that we can apply in our lives, get as unbiased feedback as possible, and then self-reflect on that data and then create a new plan and build from there in the marketing world. So I do a lot of online marketing and advertising that's basically called AB split testing. So it's really, it's, we're saying AB split testing your life. So we talk about this all the time that your most valuable asset, the one thing that you have, if you don't have anything else is time and, uh, you're either, uh, unfortunately wasting and spending your time on things that aren't good investments. And by that, it means the time you're spending now is not yielding you more, more time in the future. And if that is not the case, then that's a poor investment from my perspective. And if you're investing time in something right now that yields you more time in the future, that is a good investment and that's a positive investment. And depending on where you are in the process and when you're first starting out, uh, you may not be, you may not have enough experience, enough data, enough information to be able to, to, to objectively look at that information and make a decision on what's the best course of action moving forward. And the way that you do that is that is by taking action, by doing things. So consuming some information, consuming some content, and then going out in the world and actively trying between two things. So AB, right? Uh, and when you're starting out and so in the marketing world, so I'm applying this to how you can apply this to your life. Uh, when you're saying, I'm trying to figure out stuff. I don't know what I want to do, or I don't know how to do whatever it is I'm doing or, or other, uh, Julian, welcome to the call. Athletico, what's going on? David Fredsta, three nine seven nine. What's going on? Uh, Pit, Pithead, what's going on? Welcome to the call. Um, yeah. So when you're when you're first starting out, you want to start out with like an idea, an idea that you think is more likely to be true than not be true, or at least in the general direction of something you're passionate about, or something that you enjoy, or something that you like. Um, and then from there, you want to formulate a plan of action. And let's say you want two, two options, two, two different ways you can go, A, B. So uh, for the simple, you know, to, to simplify it, let's just say you can either go right or you can go left. And you'll go out and you read some books, you talk to some people, and uh, a certain number of people that you talk to say you should go right, and then you ask them why. And they go, oh, because I've always been told that you should go right and going right is the best way. And then you go talk to the other people and they say, oh, you should always go left because that's the best and for this, 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 that, and the other reason. And maybe you do some research and you realize there's only two directions you can go. You can't go straight, you can't go back, you can't go up, you can't go down. You haven't discovered that yet. You don't know that that exists yet, right? Maybe you're just starting out. So you think the two options you have is right and left. So as long as you understand that these are your two options and you understand why you're gonna choose one over the other, that is the valuable piece of information that you have to then, that you'll refer back to if by deciding to turn left, you go and experience going left, and maybe it's not exactly what you wanted, what you hoped for, what you enjoyed, what you liked. The only way to really understand 
what to do or how to create a new or to decide if you're going to go right or left at this next junction in life is to understand the reason why you went left in the first place. If you don't understand why you went left, you may be creating or making the same mistake again. You may be going through the same mental process that got you there in the first place. And, and if you're not understanding why you're making the decisions that you're making, if you're not making decisions with purpose, so having a reason for why you're making the decision, then that you're just coasting. You're just, you're literally hoping that things go your way. And that is a strategy and that strategy works sometimes. But the problem is when that strategy works, it eventually no longer works. And when it no longer works for you, you are, from my perspective, even worse off because you've experienced positivity or happiness or success or whatever it is that you're enjoying. But it's fleeting because you do not know how to repeat it because you didn't under, you didn't map why you made the decisions you did along the way and why and how you will you'll be able to repeat that in the future or at least maintain it i know we talk a lot about um, uh, goal setting and achieving but uh more important is doing so with an with the idea of uh of maintaining success as well um so yeah that all started with the that first the first question but let's see what we got here um and oh I know a lot of you guys are joining in and have been joining in uh, regularly, joining me every Thursday at 6 p.m. PST on uh, on the show, discussing these things, and I appreciate having you guys here. Um, we're, we've built out our B-Pro program, where we've got soccer mentorship, where you can get one-on-one -on -one individual uh, um, mentorship with like me, or we'll connect you with another pro player uh, to help you develop over the course of your career and creating you individual workout plans and um, technical tactical uh, programs for you on a monthly basis. So for those of you who are interested in that, make sure you go to perfectsoccerskills.com slash bpro and apply to join to join our team. If you haven't already, I want to make sure I was letting you guys know about that. You know, you know me, I, I we're making so many things, we're working on so many different things. I forget to I'm just constantly building stuff. I forget to tell you guys of what we have. Like there's a lot of people who who've read our book but they don't under, they don't know that we have Skills Academy. They don't know that we have our college recruiting blueprint book. They they don't know that we have a goalkeeping book now that we've also developed as well as the B Pro programs and stuff like that. So you'll start seeing in the month of March We'll start promoting a lot of things more so you guys can become more aware of the things that we've got going on that align with where you're at specifically in your career and what you're wanting to do both on and off the field. So I uh, wanted to give you guys a little bit of, a little of an update on that. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim Mochala, Mochalo or something, sorry, uh, asked, should I play JC, so junior college, or take a gap year to get more exposure to bigger colleges? Man, I would need a bit more context and a bit more context to answer that question like fully and completely or at least to the best of my ability. Um, as you guys know, when I kind of get limited information, I kind of fill in the gap with a couple of assumptions that I'm making for your situation. But um, each person's situation is different. Um, but what's most important and especially moving on in, in the future uh, I know I've talked to you guys about it in the past. I started working on like a podcast specifically on the AmeriCorps process. So my seven step process for attacking anything new as well as uh, basically my process for AB split testing. So I just kind of went over that in the marketing world. I have a process that I go through navigating life to, to address any uh, what I call temporary obstacle that's currently in my in my way and um, it, I figured out this way has served me well in figuring out how to figure out new systems processes and and uh, overcome um, things that are are difficult or need to be overcome so I can accomplish my goals and uh, we'll be breaking up all the perfect soccer content moving forward built around this process and I'll be I think I've, I've discussed it in pieces of it overall but um, I'll be breaking it up over the next eight weeks uh, going into depth each week on each step of the process. So a lot of you guys will definitely want to make sure you're you're turning on notifications and joining me live with that over the next eight weeks because um, that'll be good. But a general overview of that is the seven step process is step one is self-honesty, self-initiative. Step two, self-accountability is step three, growth oriented or uh, uh, growth oriented, which is goals. Um, 
teamwork, step five, uh, attention to details, step six, and fun or passion is step seven. And uh, I'll break down those, each one of those can goes into their own thing. So I'm breaking it up into each Ask the Soccer Pro Show. So I'll, I'll talk about each one of those steps, how to execute on that, how to implement it into your own uh, your own life. So you can you can uh, basically A-B split test stuff and start making some like rapid advancements in anything that you're doing. But the reason why I'd, I had said all of that is because in order to properly answer your question about whether or not you should go to a JC or uh, take a gap gear to, to find bigger colleges is you need to be honest with yourself as to where you're at from a, from a playing from a playing perspective. How good are you really? Are you good enough to play at the college level? Are you even good enough to play at the junior college level? And if not, are you willing to do what's necessary to get to that level? And do you fully understand what it takes to get to that level? And are you willing to do it? You know, there, there's a lot of things that go into that. I see a lot of players who are delusional delusional about their actual ability, and that's the reason why they don't make it. I also know a lot of players that are delusional about how good, how, um, they're delusional because they think they're, they're, they're poor when they're actually really, really good. So like, it's a lack of self-confidence, a lack of self-ability. Like, um, I think it's better to be overconfident and have false belief in yourself than it is to have a lack of confidence and lack of self-belief in yourself. So if you're gonna be on either end of the spectrum, either I'm delusional and I think I'm, you know, like uh, if you guys ever watched uh, like American Idol and those those shows where those extremely horrible, horrible people, horrible people at singing, like people who are like terrible voices, go up there and they honestly believe they can sing like Mariah Carey. And people are like, some of them end up getting huge record deals because they are so bad that they're good. Like playing on the extremes is better than playing in the middle. And I've seen guys who are who believe who who believe so wholeheartedly that they're good when they're not. That like things go their way and it works out, albeit for a shorter period of time, right? Like there's it doesn't work for the long run, but in the short term it it works because sometimes people are looking and saying, "Look, if this, there's no way that this person the only way this person can be this confident is because they must be they must be that good and I must be wrong. So I'm going to assume that I'm wrong. So I'm going to allow them, I'm going to give them another opportunity or I'm going to give them this deal or I'm going to lock them in on this. And then all of a sudden, two, three, four, five months later, they really, oh, that was a terrible decision. And I, I made a mistake as opposed to the person who's super doesn't believe themselves. Even when they're really good, the other person goes like, listen, this, this guy or girl has no confidence in themselves. They don't believe in their own abilities. So why, how could they expect me to believe in their, their abilities, right? There's no one's going to go out on the limb. In most cases, no one's going to go out on the limb for you like that unless they're your family member, you know? And I mean, that will, that opens up a whole nother can of worms about certain things, but playing in the middle, playing it safe may work, but not for long. You will always get exposed. It's better to, uh, Focus in on something that you are so specifically good at that everyone knows why they have you. Um, everyone should know what you do. There should be no confusion as to that. And if you can carve yourself out a piece like that, maybe 99% of teams, coaches, individuals, players, whatever, don't want you, but 1% needs you. And that's much better than being wanted from the perspective of soccer, right? Being needed is more valuable than being wanted. Being wanted by 99% is okay uh, as long as everyone wants you. But being needed by a certain system or organization, especially something that's over the long term, like we're always going to need water. So if you can create a business that can make you that you can run profitably selling water, that would be a really good market and niche to get into because everyone needs it. Good times or bad, they need that. But everyone might want to drink um, pomegranate juice. The reason I said this because I think that's like super expensive. It's pretty expensive and like it's seasonal and it's only like in certain areas. 
You know, maybe everyone wants to drink pomegranate juice, but when, you know, when the economy's down or you hit hard, t rough times or, you know, um, there's a, you know, the crop didn't do well and now all of a sudden pomegranate juice is like five times as much as it was before. Now people don't need it. And since they don't need it, you're the first, the pomegranate juice is the first juice that they're, they're setting aside. That's the one that they're not buying. But the one they're always coming for is water and you need the water. You need water to dilute the, the uh, pomegranate juice. Let me get some water. Speaking of water, that's probably what came to mind because I'm thirsty. I was just projecting what I was wanting or I was projecting what I was needing in the analogy that I came up with. Hopefully that gives you guys clarity. I'm like, when you say, I don't know what to do or I don't know what to focus on or whatever, saying what is needed even if it's the thing that no one really likes, it's not sexy. No one, you know, no one, no one's, I can't think of any billionaire or millionaire or like famous person who's famous for selling water. But I guarantee if you go do some research, there's a lot of people who make millions and millions of dollars selling water. So, um, slow and steady. Hopefully I answered your question about taking the gap year, at least in the context of how you should figure out if you should take the gap year or not, because um, that wasn't quite enough information for me to answer. And if you haven't read our book, definitely get a free copy of the book. Jordan already put it on the link. I uh, pinned that at the bottom. That'll help you uh, figure out if that gap year is something that you need to do. Uh, Jordan asked, have you ever had shin splints? I have not. Um, I haven't had shin splints. The I think the the worst I had is I had tendonitis in my knee. I used to triple jump in in high school. I really enjoyed triple jumping, but that was pretty intense on your uh, on on your knees. So I got tendonitis in my knees, and then a couple of my track friends would have shin splints. They said they those were not fun, um, but I haven't had them. Um, a. Nunez said, about to cop that shirt. That's what's up. Thanks for the support. We're actually uh, working with some manufacturers to make some super, like super legit, um, I forget what they're called, like mesh dry fit ones as well too. So everyone can start working out and then the, the shield will be like matte black as well. So, uh, Jordan, you know me, I'm always drop uh, I'm, I'm always on an msl rant for the day you, you guys just the questions you guys give me let me go off on tangents to to connect them to you know larger philosophies and ideas and things i've been just thinking about um all the time so yeah drop your questions in man i'm happy to i'm happy to go go in on that do you have any tips on how i can uh fight i'm i'm messing up your name but asked uh do you have any tips on how I can improve my speed of play. Yes. So there's a few different ways you can uh, improve your speed of play. You can improve your speed of play in terms of mental speed, so your the speed at which you can make decisions. So that really comes down to your ability to read the game and understand what's happening before it happens. So um, if you think about or try to think of the game let me think of how to, how to better explain this because there's a couple ways to, to attack it but let's let's say if we're wanting to we want to increase our speed of play there's the mental speed that we can move at and then and then there's the physical speed at which we can move at so we can speed up both or we may need to speed up one versus the other and there's pros and there's there's pros to doing one over another and there's different ways to go about doing it. So let's say we want to speed up our mental, the mental speed, our mental speed. So that really comes down to numbers of rep. Everything really comes down to numbers of repetition. So improving your mental speed can come down to watching more of the game, but from the perspective of being a student. So you're not watching like a fan where you're just following the ball, but you're watching a specific player in your position and how they move, why they move, the spaces they go into, and then also learning a lot based on like tactical formations and what are the roles and responsibilities of each individual on the team, where they're supposed to be, and how you're attacking and defending as a unit. That's why our Tactical Tuesday series with Ross is a really good one. I haven't really seen much in terms of channels, especially on YouTube, 
going into all the tactics so frequently. I've seen a couple videos where they go over to like one system, one thing, one particular time, but not to the degree that Ross is going over on that. So that right there alone is going to teach you many different formations, many different styles of play, roles and responsibilities at not only your position, but the position of those around you. That right there will speed up your mental, your mental, uh, that will speed, that will speed up the mental part of the game, your decision-making process, which buys you more time on the field to then implement the physical speed that I was telling, uh, that I alluded to as well too, which is separate. Now your physical speed of play is directly related to your technical ability, but most importantly, your first touch. Um, the better your first touch, the more time you have. The more time you have, the more the more time you have to make decisions. The more time you have to make to dis make uh, decisions, the more likely you are to make the right decision, which means you get better, you build confidence. It's just a snowballing effect. And the reverse of that is obviously the worse your first touch, the more time it takes you to get the ball under control. The more time it takes you to get the ball under control, the more predictable you are. The more predictable you are, the easier you are to defend. The easier you are to defend, the more mistakes you make. The more mistakes you make, the 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 lower your confidence get the lower your confidence get the the harder it is to to play the harder it is to play the less opportunities you get which means the less repetitions you get what i'm saying so like at a centralized point you it can spiral off into positivity and it can spiral off into negativity and it's a lot easier to spiral off into negativity than it is positivity why is that because doing the right thing is always difficult it's way harder than doing the wrong thing or the easy thing. So there you go for MSL, thinking of it this way, guys. When you're not sure what to do and you're, or you're not sure what's working or what's not, a rule of thumb you can fall back on is what is the hardest thing for you to do in that moment? That's probably the most likely the thing that you should be doing. So if it's hard to eat this salad as opposed to that burger, you should probably eat the salad. If it's harder to believe in yourself than it is to give up and doubt yourself, you should probably believe in yourself, right? If it's if it's harder to not say something like to a coach who has something negative to say to you, then you should probably shouldn't say something. You get what I'm saying? Like doing that for long enough will show will teach you self-discipline and self-control and once you have self-discipline and self-control you can better manage and control what is in within your control and that is the actions you take because that's the only thing that's actually in your control uh, you may believe everything else is in your control but everything is the result of the actions you take and the only thing you're in control of is your actions and we've talked about this before, linear versus exponential time, experience is exponential. Uh, you won't see the results of your actions until, uh, until a long duration of time. So anything that you're seeing in front of you right now, anything that you're actually experiencing is really the result of actions you took days ago, weeks ago, months ago. So if you're not happy with where you are today, it's not because of what you did yesterday it's because of what you were doing a month ago or two months ago or three months ago or the very small habits that you were doing or making that resulted in that spiraling off in that negativity which ended up months weeks months years from now being this really big thing just the same as the singular thing on the field that is most important to learn and get very good at first and foremost on the soccer field is your first touch because your first touch it's the singular point. It's the singular thing that is within your control. When a ball is shot into you, when a ball is rolled into you slowly, when a ball is bouncing, if you have a great first touch, you control how good you are at your first touch based on how much extra work you do on your own outside of soccer, uh, outside of mandatory practices and trainings. So your first touch is within your control and you can get really good with it if you get a bunch of repetitions and you control the repetitions you get off the field. So you have no excuse other than not wanting to do it or not really, you know, wanting to be as good as you say you are. So I'm saying all this to completely make sure that anything you try to tell me about how you can't, how come you can't get a good touch or your first touch isn't this, or you don't have time for this, or you can't do that. It's just excuses. And if that's what you want to do, get out of here because we're not here to make excuses, right? We're here to figure out ways that we can execute on the things that we can control and tying that together your first touch is that same thing. It's that moment in time. It's that small habit that you're going to develop that's either going to spiral off into being extremely negative, where you have no time in the ball, you make bad decisions, you don't get the repetitions you need, and now you go lower and lower in the soccer ranks, or 
your first touch gets better, it gets even better, you build your confidence, you have more time on the field, you see more, you see get more opportunities, you play more, you get more and more repetitions, and then it's just a time it's a game of time. It's a game of sticking around long enough and figuring out how to stick around long enough to see enough repetitions, to get enough games, to be in enough scenarios, to make enough decisions, to understand what is important and what is noise and what you ignore. I've I don't know if I've talked talk to you guys about this, but for me, from my perspective, I define expertise or, um, yeah, I, I define expertise as knowing what to ignore, not necessarily what to do. It's more knowing what to ignore. And I may go into, if I had my, if I had my board, I'd go deeper into that one, but like a visual representation of that. So I'll look at a couple more questions and maybe we'll come back. We'll come back to that if you guys are wanting me to go and in, go into that a little bit. Um, uh, ask, can you become a soccer player by luck or because you are skillful? Both. You can you can become a soccer player by luck and by skillful. Like I mean, you can. Let's say your dad's the coach of your, I don't know, your club soccer team, and you've never played soccer before, and now he, you know, puts you on the team and makes you captain. That's I consider that that's maybe luck, right? In the sense that you didn't do anything, but because your dad was there and made you captain, now you're there. And um, the reverse could be you worked really hard, and you got you got a great first touch, and tactically you watched all your perfect soccer YouTube videos. You you read the book, and now you and you applied what you learned, and now you're skillful, and you made the team. So either and both, I think I think I understand what you're asking by that question. The reason why I answered that way is to let you know that um, Hey, sorry to interrupt, but if you've enjoyed listening to this episode and learning what it takes to increase your mental strength, well, how would you like to work with me one-on-one -on -one directly? Now you can with B Pro Mentality. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B Pro. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash B E P R O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. The word luck is subjective. Everyone will define it as lucky when they can't... Un People define something as luck when they can't understand how someone achieves something they don't know how to do. That's what luck is. And that's why I don't care much for luck. I mean, depending on the perspective you take, you can say you were lucky or you could say it was meant to be or you could say it resulted because you were at the right place at the right time. So most people say like, oh, he's just at the right place at the right time. Well, in order to be at the right place at the right time, you had to do something to be there. So you took some action to be at that place at that time. So is it luck? Again, that's subjective. It depends on the perspective you choose to take as an individual. And if you want to be cynical, you're going to assume that the only reason someone's successful is because of lucky. And if you choose that worldview, then that means the only reason you would get success or be somewhere is because you're lucky. And if that's true, then that means it's out of your control. And if it's out of your control, then don't do anything. Idealistic, I think, like, I, uh, like from that philosophy, for me, I'd say like, well, if you think everything is luck, then that means it's out of your control and it only will happen if it's meant to happen and if it's only going to happen if it's meant to happen then you shouldn't you don't need to do anything because why would you need to do anything if if luck is the only way that anything happens and i think most people would say that that's not true they wouldn't agree with that they'd say you still well you still have to do stuff to to get there so then i would say that luck doesn't exist it's just a matter of time and some and for some people it takes less time than others so how much time is it going to take you to reach or accomplish whatever it is you're saying you want to reach or accomplish and how much time are you willing to dedicate to make that happen you know some people yeah you're right there there some people win the lottery the first time they buy a ticket but other people uh, never win the lottery but why will they die before they win that's really why they never win because the lottery is just a is 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 a game of it's a game of numbers and statistics. So if you could play for long enough, if you had enough time and enough money, so if you could live to be a billion years old and you played the lottery every single day, you're eventually gonna win. So 
is it lucky that you win the lottery eventually? I would say no. But again, that's on your perspective. Um, I guess you could say it's lucky that if you win the lottery the, the day after you buy a ticket, but then again, if they never bought the ticket, they wouldn't have won. So uh, I just don't think it, I don't think it exists the way that we, we define it as existing, but I do understand why we use that word and what it stands for. And I, I, I mean, I use it too, because I understand the context that we use it for, but I guess te technically I don't believe in it because I refuse to believe in it because I believe that I'm in control of my actions. And I believe that if someone has done something and I would like to repeat that, I can figure out how they did it and repeat the same steps as them and eventually accomplish what they've accomplished. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, Jeffrey asked, what should I look for when picking a club team to join? I mean, what age are you and what are your goals? Sorry. So what age are you? What are your goals specifically for soccer? So I could better help answer that question. Let's see what else we got here. Yo, what up MLS fan base? Welcome. You guys know me. I end up getting caught behind on the, on the live from time to time. Uh, let's see. All right. Let's see you guys having some back and forth in here. Let me see. Distance for stamina. Uh, distance for stamina, and you'll also learn how to run correctly and sprint will give you strength. I think I'd have to scroll up and see what you guys are talking about. Oh. <laughs> I like that. Uh, uh, Julian asks, how many times should I run a day? Julian, how old are you? Uh, what level are you playing at? What do you want it to do? I probably should preface a little bit more with you guys. When you're asking questions, let's say for yourself specifically in your soccer development, try to, sorry, excuse me. I uh, just got back from eating. Um, try to give me as much information as you can, like maybe age, uh, what level you're at, where you want to play, what you're wanting to do, because then I can I can give you better I can give you better answers specific to where you're at, as opposed to kind of going on like general, you know. So, uh, Sage Sage of DBZ, shout out Dragon Ball Z, love that show growing up. Um, when watching individual highlights of players like yourself, what to watch? in them like wingers so you know we uh ross talks about it especially in the the daily the daily lives in the beginning but and we we talk about a lot being a student of the game so by that it's really saying watching with the idea of trying to figure out and learn and understand why the player in your position or the position you're watching is choosing or making the decisions that they're making at any given moment in time so so the th something that annoys me a lot with commentators and announcers is sometimes their blatant lack of acknowledging why a player might have done something that looks dumb or stupid because they're, they're not educating the audience on the context for what happened in that particular moment. Like maybe you'll see a player rush and kick the ball crazy off of someone and this and be like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. That's ridiculous. But if he just... For me, I'm going like either he's just being a, a a dick, right? And he's just making up something so he can he can talk crap about this player and make him look better in a bad light, or he's incapable, or the person is incapable of seeing the bigger picture as to what happened. You know, many times it's like the player had to kick it panically and did this uh, did it in a certain way because um, uh, another player didn't provide a proper angle at the right timing for the individual to give them the ball. And because they didn't do that, the player was assuming and thinking that they were gonna get into that position. And when the player realized that the player wasn't in the position he was supposed to be in, the he panicked because he saw the other one coming at him and then made a, made a rash decision. Like if they did a better job of like educating why the player made the decision and why they, and what what transpired during the run of play that resulted in the player making that decision, not only would it better educate the audience and the individual watching it, it would, 
I think it would change the culture of just, you know, every all these announcers just saying, oh, he's just not good enough, and that's just not good enough, and then he's it's just like, it's like it's like half those guys forgot forgot what it was like to play themselves or think that they never made a mistake or they're just super salty because other people gave them you know other people uh criticized them and their play and their decisions on the field so they're just doing it back to other people i don't know why it is i just just what i see Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Jeffrey asked, should MLS add promotion to relegation? And my answer to that is no. Um, I think the fact that there is no promotion and relegation in MLS is the reason why it's going to grow to be one of the biggest leagues in the world in the next five to ten years. And the reason I believe that is the case is because uh, MLS is at least to my understanding, especially in leagues around the world, is the only league where a team that was last place legitimately has a, pl uh, has a chance to win an MLS Cup championship the next year and vice versa, right? I think our league is the most competitively, competitively fair league compared to every other professional soccer league in the world. And I think it's because there is no promotion or relegation or i think that is a huge reason for that amongst among other things right like obviously the salary cap is huge in that as well to you um, mainly because it forces it forces all teams to be closer together in terms of um you can't just buy a championship you can't spend your way to you can't just show up with a billionaire who has a lot of money in mls and just show up, buy all the best players, overspend, and and uh, and win. Um, it, it just it doesn't work that way in our league, at least not right now. And I think that's a big reason why it has taken such a foothold, and it's starting to grow into what you know what I think all the players were hoping it would one day turn into. Now, does it not have its issues and problems? And you know. Uh, there are many, there are many issues and problems and things that can be, that need to be addressed and resolved within the league. But um, from that perspective on the promotion and relegation side, I think that is, um, I think that is a valuable asset of the, of, of the league, not a, not a expense. Mm. A. Nunez said about to hit the gym at five in the morning tomorrow, like that work. Uh, soccer high school. Good night, man. Uh, thanks for joining, Quincy. Uh, Quincy, I get so many shin splints, probably misspelled. I always get them when I run. Please help me on that. Yeah, um, I, I think I was answering someone a little bit earlier. I don't have any personal um, experience with shin splints, so I couldn't I couldn't tell you specifically like what I did to overcome them. I just know a lot of uh, I've had teammates who've dealt with them. I'm pretty sure most of the time it's just like rest is the best remedy for them, but I've, I've also seen some like uh, shin sleeves that people have used, as well as icing. Um. <laughs> MLS fan base, you, 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 uh, you gassing me up over here, you're giving me all the, you're giving me a bunch of confidence, I appreciate the comments. <laughs> K9 Ampton, what's going on? Uh, let's see. Okay, let's see. Hey, let's spam the like button. <laughs> uh, tips on integrating into any new team for chemistry and to where they support you and don't degrade you when you make a mistake. Okay, K9 Ampton. The best way to go about integrating into a new team is to um, have individual conversations with each in person on the team when you have the opportunity to do so. So, and then what do you talk to them about? Well, you ask them about themselves because most people love talking about themselves. And uh, who doesn't? Who doesn't love talking about themselves? Uh, or at least talking about the things that you enjoy, right? I won't say everyone loves talking about themselves. Some people don't like talking about themselves. But many people are very open and willing to share their story, especially about how they got to the team, why they like the game, 
what they what they've learned. Um, I think that's a valuable asset for me. That's something that I learned how to do very well, especially early in my career and just people in general. I'm a very curious person. I like to understand how things work. I especially love understanding how people think, why they think that the way that they do, and not because, um, not because I believe I'm right and I think they're wrong and I want to prove them wrong. It's because I believe that I could be wrong and they could be right. And if they're right, I want to be right too. So that's why I am so curious as to how people think and why they make the decisions that they make. Because like we talked about, I think achieving your goals, especially if you're taking action, is just a matter of time. And if the way in which I'm taking action is going to take me more time to achieve my goals, I want to learn how someone else thinks because maybe they've accomplished what I want to accomplish faster than me and they may think differently than me and it would be a valuable asset to have their perspective in my tool belt. So I use the perspective of others and the mistakes of others to learn how to, to, to accelerate my learning. Now, the best way to learn from other people's mistakes and accelerate your own learning is to uh, ask them their story, ask them their origin story, ask them where, uh, uh, well, uh, let's say you can't, I mean, I, I got to the point now where I'm just jumping straight in it, you know, like super deep philosophical questions to people when I immediately meet them. Um, you know, hey, uh, that's just me. That's how I am. I'm not huge on small talk, as you guys can tell. I like, uh, I like deep uh, conversations. Um, but if you're, let's say you're coming, you, you don't really know how to do that or you're not confident with that or you don't want to, that's just not kind of you. It's just more like starting out like, um, what do you love about playing soccer? Obviously the person, or mo most likely the person probably really enjoys soccer and loves soccer. So they're going to be more than, they're playing it and they're there and that's what they're doing. So they're going to be more than willing or more, most likely to tell you about why they love soccer. And the real goal is to find common ground, commonality, something that you guys connect on or something that you, uh, you can relate on. And just by doing that, creating that connection with the person uh, across from you immediately creates, uh, creates rapport. And now, I won't say guarantees they won't get mad at you if you make a mistake, but they're going to be much more forgiving of you making mistakes on the field, or they're going to be much more inclined to give you a ball in the best position that you could possibly be in or do some extra work to help you or best, you know what I'm saying? Like help you quickly integrate into the system. Now, uh, expand that across to everybody in the locker room. So like, let's start with the two when you show up in the locker room or where you're at, the guy on the left, guy or girl on the left and the right of you, you should be, oh, where are you, uh, where are you from? What do you, why do you love soccer? What about it? Why are you here? Why, why do you love being here? Not why are you here, right? Because that can come off as like, well, what did you do to get here? Non-threatening questions. Ones that are very open-ended and optimistic and are at the root of really just getting to understand and get to know the passion and beliefs and feelings of the person next to you. You're just wanting to get to know them. Not to take advantage or to, just because you want them to forgive you when you make mistakes, right? We talk about setting goals to where the uh, uh, milestones are the result of what you're doing, not the reason for why you're doing it. If you're only wanting to get to know them because you want them to forgive you when you make mistakes, people can sense that. Something, um, we're very instinctual creatures and people know when someone else wants something out of them. You have to come from the perspective of not wanting anything other than to provide value to them and uh, get to know them. Um, and in turn, if you do that for long enough with enough people, a result of that will be them more, them being more inclined to um, forgive you if and when you make mistakes, help you when you need help, or or be a resource for you if if ever needed. So, so I start there. So I now I just start working my way with every single person in the locker room. I make sure I at least have a conversation with each and every person, understanding who they are, uh, where they come from, what they enjoy. Um, and then, and then once I have an understanding of, of that, I ask, I ask if there's anything that they need help with or they're struggling with or that I could be of help with. And I, and I genuinely honestly mean that. And uh, if there's any way in which I can help either by 
through sharing something from my own experience that I believe can be helpful or connecting them with someone I think can be a valuable resource for them or a book or a podcast or a video or something that I think aligns with what they've said that they're interested in or want to do, I then share that with them. And um, uh, that has served me well. Let's see. So that was a good question. No one's ever asked about how to integrate with the team. I think you guys are learning, man. It's cool to see. And uh, the questions are getting questions are getting very specific, uh, especially especially from the perspective of the types of questions I receive from people, uh, especially in the soccer space. Usually, the only questions that I'm receiving are, you know, how do you shoot the ball harder, or you know, how do you go pro, which I get. Oh, there, you, there you go. Yeah, uh, burrito asked, "How did oh ask how did you go pro?" Um, and I know each person and every person who's new to the call uh, may not have seen the ones before, which is why I very much encourage anyone and everyone, especially if you're new or you're you're watching the replay and you're hearing this for the first time, uh, definitely go back and rewatch all the other Ask a Soccer Pro Show episodes. I republish and post them on our YouTube channel. Uh, weekly. They're usually on like a two or three week delay. So if you're joining me on the live here today, this live won't be live on our YouTube channel for probably like three weeks. That's because we're still working out the process of getting it uploaded faster. So and then it also incentivizes those of you who want, who join in live to get the most up to date, you know, stuff that I've been thinking and, and uh, coming up with. So um, Oh, but the question on how did I go pro? Um, uh, Cause I only have like five more minutes left on the call. Usually that, that takes a while for me to go through that. But I did write a, an article on perfectsoccerskills.com slash blog. You head over there and look at the articles. You can scroll to the bottom of the page. There's a search icon at the bottom and you could type in um, how I went from thinking I never play soccer again to becoming a pro soccer player. You can type in a couple keywords like that. Um, that's the name of the article. Um, you type in those keywords and every art and that article will pop up. Also, for those of you who may not know, you can head to perfectsoccerskills.com. You can scroll to the bottom in that search bar. And if there's a there's a formation there, let's say you, you want to learn the 442 or you want to understand how to get faster or improve your first touch or your soccer IQ or whatever, type the keywords in there and it, it'll search our whole website and all the articles that we've written uh, relative to that will pop up. Um, Ross is also working to convert all of our Tactical Tuesday episodes into written blog posts as well too. So those will be up there so you can get the visual side of it. And then um, transcribing all the stuff that we do here, even on the, the show, into, uh, into articles. So over the next couple of months, there's going to be a lot more content coming out, a lot more just like dope things. I don't know if any of you guys saw the uh, animations that Eric and Andrew have been developing and making for us. They're kind of gamifying the brand, which is pretty dope. There's just a lot of cool stuff on the horizon, uh, especially influencers. It, oh, if any of you guys are interested in repping the brand and being an influencer and, uh, uh, you know, shooting content and promoting us on your channels, make sure to send a, an email to contact at perfectsoccerskills.com. Let me know. We've got our influencer program set up and we'd, we'd love to get you guys on board. We also have an ambassadors program so you can earn commissions on selling um, our, our uh, training center and, and our, our products on the website. So if you wanna make a, little, a couple extra dollars repping the brand, we'd love to have you on the team. Uh, Jeffrey said his PS Academy doesn't work. Jeffrey, send a send an email to contact at perfectsoccerskills.com and we'll get we'll get you sorted out if you're running into any problem any problems with that. Let's see, guys. I probably got like four more minutes before Instagram kicks me off, so I will answer as many questions as I can before then. But you know, you know how it goes. Um, let's see. Okay. Oh, Tim said, Tim said, I'm a senior in high school and I am a, an O one, so I can still play another season of club and I'm only getting offers from junior colleges. Okay, Tim. So what I, what I would say is you really have to ask yourself, why do you believe you're only getting offers from junior colleges? Um, are your grades not good enough? 
Um, that tends to be an issue that a lot of guys overlook. If you did not do well enough in high school, I know it's a bit late now because you're a senior and your grades aren't high enough, that can be a determin uh, a huge reason for why um, college program, even if you're a good enough player, why other college programs aren't interested in you. If that's the case, then you need to probably go to a junior college, but do so, I, for I forgot what it's, what it's called, but let's say there's a four-year university that you wanna go to specifically. You can go negotiate for lack of a better term, a deal with that with that university to where if you get a certain GPA at your junior college and take specific classes, they'll guarantee you admittance into that school. So if you haven't if you didn't know about that option or you haven't done any research into that, that would be some uh, that would be something you should definitely look into, especially if there's a college program that you're interested in joining and maybe you can speak to the coach there and talk to them about your willingness and wanting to join the join their, his soccer team, his or her soccer, well, in this case, yeah, Tim. So um, his soccer team and, uh, and maybe put in place the path that's gonna get you a trial or a walk on with that team if you, uh, if you do what you need to academically. So um, that's it on the grade side of it. If, uh, if it's a matter of you're not good enough um, right now, that doesn't mean that you can't become good enough later, then it really comes down to um, what is it that you aren't good at, good enough at, and what is it that you are naturally very, very good at? And um, what plan do you need to put in place? What do you need to do? Who do you need to work with to get yourself to the level that you need to be at to play at the level you wanna play at? Um, but I don't, you know, uh, not every, we'd all love to take the path that takes you straight to D1 and straight to pro and then go on to the prem and do all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, that's a select few. And those of us who aren't highly touted from the beginning, um, our process is going to be long. It's going to be difficult and it's going to require a lot of hard work and sacrifice. And if you, your understanding of that, you're good to go. Uh, Fanbase asked, when was Perfect Soccer founded? Perfect Soccer was founded in 2013, kind of when the first idea of the the brand and everything came came together when I heard Ross's recruiting story and how he was extremely proactive and prepared and had over 20, I think it was 25 recruitment offers by the time he was a senior in high school, where I only had two. Um, and I understood and learned that, why that was the case. And when I heard his story, I, I told him, hey, this needs to be a book. And we, if you sit down and write it with me and we do this, I will build the business around it and we will turn, it'll, we'll turn it into something amazing. And uh, Ross sat down with me. It took us a little while to get it all done, but that was the first book that I used. And then did A-B split testing in testing that book with other ideas on what I thought. And in event, we ended up eventually writing what, what we've got three books now probably uh, working on the fourth book and then building all these programs, the mentorship program, the B Pro division, um, books, hats, jer jersey projects. Oh yeah, if your high school or your club team needs uh, jerseys, we do custom jerseys. I don't know if you guys saw Liberty High School, we did their custom jersey project for them. Um, we just did some, some other stuff. So basically anything and everything soccer related that you guys need, want, or could ever dream of, Perfect Soccer does it and takes care of it. So I'd appreciate if you guys, you know, connect anyone and everyone who needs anything soccer related to us and let us take care of them and get them sorted out. So anything that you guys got? Ooh, okay, Jordan asks, how is soccer a business? And hopefully I have enough time for this and I'll let you know if it kicks down. If I don't finish this, so I'll table this, Jordan, and we'll talk about it next week. Oh, there you go, two minutes left. So let me try to give a 30 second thing of this. Soccer is a business because anytime there's transactions or money exchanged, there's business behind it. And then there's rules behind that and why, then, then you wanna understand why people are making their decisions or putting money into something. The reason why soccer is a business is because they sell you and your soccer skills to a club or to a team to build the team to then go and play, right? And then they charge people to come and watch you guys play. So. There's the business of selling, 
the product on the field, which is you and the game. And then there's the business of you and the club and organization trying to extract as much value out of the organization for yourself for the services you're providing on the field. So that is a very uh, shortened version of that side of it. And many players never learn that. And that's why they're taken advantage of to a, a grossly ridiculous degree. Um, and we can definitely, we'll jump more into that next week's live when I start breaking down um, step one of the AmeriCorps process, which is self-honesty and how to, uh, how to learn to be honest with yourself if you're not already and how to uh, learn that step to uh, facilitate just growing as an individual, personal development, because you guys know what it is. We're out here in the MSL, Mental Strength League, getting better every day. I've got 30 seconds left on the live. I'd like to thank all of you for joining me live. If you know you join in late, sorry, uh, Instagram's only giving me 20 seconds, and it'll probably cut me off here in a minute. But I enjoyed having you guys. If you haven't already, make sure you go watch all the all the replays over on the YouTube channel. Link is in the bio on Perfect Soccer. We go live every Thursday at 6 p.m. PST. Come with your questions, and uh, I will see you guys next week. Thank you very much. As always, I appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. Quincy Ameriqua here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you would like us to interview next, we'll get working on it right away. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and see you guys in the next episode.